from game-winning shots. This ball is crushed. To last-second field goals. He's got you covered. It's the Guarantee Sports Corner. This is the Guarantee Sports Corner, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, all the way from St. George, Utah. I'm your host, James Guerin. Hopefully everyone had a safe 4th of July over the weekend. Hope you grilled some burgers, hot dogs, steaks, ribs, whatever you guys had. Hope it was an enjoyable holiday for all you guys. It's one of the best holidays out there uh, for the year. My friends and I were able to get some fireworks, really awesome fireworks. I got a sweet deal on them, able to shoot off some aerials. Uh, had some beer, just had a good time overall. It was a nice, nice break from everything happening in the world today. So I'm sure many of you have heard the big news in the NFL yesterday. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year deal worth $450 million dollars. And he can make up to $503 million with bonuses. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes earned every penny of that contract. He's a smart kid. He's mature. He's an all-time talent. I don't think anybody can argue against those things. I haven't seen another quarterback mature this fast and click and be successful in the league like Mahomes. You can look at all the other successful quarterbacks in the league. Tom Brady had a rocky start, other than, you know, winning those Super Bowls early on. His numbers weren't great. He didn't throw for 30 touchdowns until year six or seven. Peyton Manning went 3-13 and 13 in his first year. Troy Aikman went 1-15 in his first year. All those guys Hall of Famers. Patrick Mahomes got into the league, sat for a year, and immediately made an impact on the league. Threw for 50 touchdowns his first year playing in the NFL, won an MVP, the next season wins the Super Bowl. Now he gets awarded with this contract. There just has not been another quarterback that I can think of that just clicks. It just works like that, that fast. You know, with that being said, I don't like the contract at all. I don't like it. Yeah, it's great. He got paid. He's getting paid. He's locked in for 10 years. I don't like the contract. Why? Why don't I like it? Look at all the other quarterbacks in the league that have big contracts. And I'm going to break it down for you guys right here. Russell Wilson makes $35 million a year. The only other contract in the league where I don't really have an issue with. He's the face of the franchise. He's mature. He adapts to you know injuries through the team. He makes things work and he helps Seattle tremendously. He's the only other quarterback in the league who I can just give the keys to and say, here you go, here's the franchise. For seven plus years, he's the only other guy. So I don't necessarily have an issue with him making 35 million a year. Sure, the offensive line can get better, uh, so he's not running around, because Russell Wilson's 31 turning 32 he's not gonna be able to scramble like that 
for the entirety of his career. I mean, it's going to get to a point where he can't run around and extend plays like he does now. So, you know, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, those are the two quarterbacks that, you know, I'm, it's okay that they're getting paid that much. I still don't like the contract for Mahomes. Um, but the next big contract, Ben Roethlisberger, $34 million a year. Hasn't had the same success since taking a big contract. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 2011. I mean, what what is he getting paid $34 million for? Yeah, he's the, he's the face of the franchise. He's brought two Super Bowls. He's been to three, multiple Pro Bowls. Doesn't have an MVP. Hasn't, you know, been the best quarterback the last couple of years. He's getting up in age. I know he's like 38, 39. But the team around him has obviously depleted. Now they don't have Antonio Brown. They don't have Le'Veon Bell. You know, maybe not for contract issues, maybe for other things. But what I'm saying is the team around Roethlisberger itself is not nearly as talented as it was when Roethlisberger was younger and in his prime. Now we take a look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers getting $33.5 million a year, and this is a major contract issue. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't deserve $33.5 million because he does. I'm just saying, look at the team around Aaron Rodgers. Other than Devontae Adams, who else does he have to throw the ball to? Who else does he have? He doesn't have anybody to throw to. I mean, he's gotten guys like Alan Lazard. He's had Richard Rodgers. I mean, I can't even name most of the targets that Aaron Rodgers has had the last five years. I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't really had anybody. They tried bringing in Jimmy Graham. It didn't work. And so you kind of look at the Packers as a whole and everyone wants to throw the blame on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, he's hard to coach. He's hard to work with. He doesn't listen. He's his own arrogant guy. But I mean, really, it, it comes down to the team around Aaron Rodgers. The defense has never really been great. It's been good at times. Hasn't been great. The weapons around Aaron Rodgers haven't been that great. So, $33.5 million for one position, especially in Green Bay where it's hard to get free agents. They don't even have an owner, first off. <laughs> hard to get free agents there. It's hard to build a team you know, around a place where no one wants to really go, Green Bay. Uh, now we take a look. Take a look at Jared Goff. Jared Goff, $33.5 million a year. Hasn't been the same quarterback since he got the contract. You know, he's a franchise quarterback. You got to pay him to keep him in LA. You can't, I mean, nothing comes cheap in Los Angeles. You got to keep him around. But his play definitely declined last year. They missed the playoffs, you know, a bunch of injuries on the team. He, he made some bad decisions all last year. Uh, you know, I, I thought Jared Goff was getting paid just a little bit too much. Uh, you know, the, the defense, they got names. The Rams have names on their roster. They just don't perform. The offensive line is okay for the Rams. The Rams got weapons, I can tell you that. But if you're getting paid $33.5 million, Jared Goff, you got to start doing better. You got to start making better decisions. got to start winning more games. I mean, he's 25-7 and seven as a starter. So, I mean, that's, or 25-9, and nine, whatever it is, he... He's got a pretty good record overall, but $33.5 million, we got to see more from him. 
Kirk Cousins, $33 million a year, hasn't been a terrible investment. The Vikings make the playoffs. They got the weapons. They got players on defense. The Vikings are pretty set for the next couple of years, you know, with uh, Adam Thielen, Rudolph, Dalvin Cook. I mean, they got the weapons there. Now you got to take it a step further. But $33 million a year for Kirk Cousins, who up until last year, I don't think he ever won a primetime game. Uh, he's never won a playoff game up until he went to Minnesota. So that was kind of a ridiculous contract when it first came upon. But now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Maybe the Vikings can lock him in for a little bit longer. Carson Wentz, $32 million. Who does he throw the ball to? Zach Ertz cannot be your best weapon, not in today's NFL. That team has a lot of holes. Carson Wentz can't even last a full season without getting hurt. I mean, we've seen the Eagles receivers decline over the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, you had Deshaun Jackson for a couple of years. You had Alshon Jeffrey, but those guys were injury prone, never played a ton. And we've just, you know, a lot of, a lot of practice squad players, a lot of no names have been the receivers for the Eagles the last couple of years. I mean, guys that aren't household names. So $32 million for that, eh, I'm not sure yet. He is a good talent. He's got a great arm. He's a smart kid. He's mature. I just don't know about $32 million a year. Now, Dak Prescott just signed the, uh, what is it called? The one-year franchise tag. So he's getting $31.4 million a year. And he wants more. He's, he's a game manager at best. You know, he has, he has weapons on the outside. Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, he's got Zeke, you know. But they underperform as a team every single year. Matt Ryan, $30 million a year, and he has not been the same quarterback since he signed that contract. Uh, and really, the Falcons as a team have not recovered since the Super Bowl. What I'm getting to is, is you, you got to have a good team around you to be successful in the NFL. The NFL is a team sport. You know, there's 52 guys to a roster. It's a team sport. Take a look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady took a pay cut for 10 years. Look at his resume. He allowed the organization to put talent around him. You'll get your money through endorsements. You'll get your money through deals. And that is something that I had never understood about the quarterback position in the NFL. It's not like the NBA where you could pay three guys max contracts and be the best team in the NBA. You know, we see that a lot. We saw it with the Miami Heat with their big three. We saw it with the Celtics with their big three. We kind of saw it with the Warriors when Kevin Durant was there. And you could do that. The NBA, it, you know, it, it's easier to do that. Pay three guys all this money, have those three guys carry you to a championship. Sure, you gotta have a decent bench around you. But for the most part, two or three guys can win you an NBA championship. The NFL, you have 52 guys on the active roster, but you pay 90. So 52 guys suit up, but you pay 90, whether it's practice squad players or how, who, however else they are tied into the organization, 90 players are on the salary cap for each NFL team. In the NBA, you have 12 guys to the active roster and 15 that you pay at the most. So you have to spread out the money in the NFL. You know, and I have always, I always had an issue 
when Peyton Manning was in Indianapolis. When Peyton Manning was in Indianapolis, he was getting the most, he was, he was the highest paid quarterback. He was getting all this money on top of his en endorsements that he was getting doing all those commercials. And yeah, they had the offense. They had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. They always had a great offensive line, but the defense is, is what was holding the Colts back from being more successful. They weren't able to spend the money that they wanted to on the defensive side of the ball. You had Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, and then you had short stints with Bob Sanders and some other players. But for the most part, you know, the Colts never really had a great defense. They had a good pass rush, but their secondary was always terrible, and their linebackers were okay. They never really had, you know, amazing linebackers. You gotta have a team around you. You know, and, and let's say Peyton Manning did take a pay cut. So let's say he was only getting paid probably back then $14 million, $15 million. Now you can put some money into the defense. Now you can make his job easier. Because Peyton Manning would get endorsements all the time. People would love having Peyton Manning be in their commercials, being their, you know, their celeb, I guess you would say, like, advertising. Like Chris Paul at State Farm, Aaron Rodgers at State Farm, you know, all those guys. Peyton Manning would get that money through endorsements. So I never understood why he would take such a big chunk of the salary cap, not allowing to put other players around him. Now, granted, Peyton Manning made no neighbors, no neighbors, you know, somewhat of a name when, you know, they became teammates. I can name a couple. Pierre Garçon is probably the biggest one that was a no-name coming into the league, and then he became a name once Peyton Manning went, went with him. Then he went to the Redskins, and, you know, he did okay. was never amazing, but he did all right. But what I'm getting to is the team underperforms more times than not. You look at the Lions with Matt Stafford. I don't even think they've been, they've been to the playoffs once or twice. And you could say, oh, well, Matt Stafford's a better option than some of these other players. Why are you... Why are you saying it's a bad thing he's getting all this money? Well, but look at the team as a whole. I mean, the Lions have been the bottom of the NFC North for the last 10 years. Yeah, they've had a good season or two, but other than that, what what have they done? They haven't done anything. You know, you can look at the Falcons. Sure, they've had a couple good seasons as a team. Nah, they've been okay at the most. I mean, you can look at the Cowboys. I mean, that now that Dak Prescott wants more money, he wants more than $35 million a year. He wants $40 million a year. What has he done to deserve that? He has done nothing in my book to earn $40 million a year. Just because you're the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, that's why you want $40 million a year? That's not going to happen. Quarterbacks who take these big salaries, like Patrick Mahomes, and, and Dak Prescott soon, maybe Lamar Jackson here in the next season or two. You pay all this money to this quarterback, that's great. You got a quarterback locked in. But now you gotta start worrying about all the weapons around you. You get an extra 10 million, you may see your best receiver not signed anymore because you can't afford him. You may see that offensive guard that you really need to help out your offense, you can't pay him anymore. That edge rusher that you need that gets all those plays on the defensive side. You can't pay him anymore. Paying a quarterback more gets rid of some of those other positions that are vi that are vital to team success. 
What's to say the Chiefs won't go down in the same cycle? You know, we've seen all these teams in recent years give these quarterbacks big deals, big contracts, and then the rest of the team, on paper, just not as good. We've seen that time and time again. And what's to say the Kansas City Chiefs won't do the same thing? You know, you gotta pay Tyreek Hill. You gotta pay Travis Kelsey. You gotta pay Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Eric Fisher. The list goes on and on and on. And all those guys make a difference for the team. If you can't pay Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, what's to say Patrick Mahomes will decline in, in, in performance? I mean, yes, a lot of the Chiefs' success has to do with Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, he's got a really good tight end in Travis Kelsey, and he's got a really good wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I know Patrick Mahomes is an all-time talent. So if that's the case, he will work with anybody. All I'm saying is, is I don't agree with the contract, but I do agree with the Chiefs in trusting Mahomes with the franchise. Lock him up. Keep him there. Andy Reid's a perfect fit for him. They'll be good for the next three to four years. But when those other guys need to be paid, I think things could get ugly really, really quick. Now, I'm not expecting him to. I'm not saying I want Patrick Mahomes to, you know, not be as successful. I, I think he still will be. He'll win, you know, two or three more MVPs. He'll go to the Super Bowl four or five more times, you know, if, if everything stays the way it is. I'm just saying that a lot of the times when the quarterbacks get paid, you know, you lose wins because you got to have a team around you. Because you can have a good quarterback, but if you don't have anyone to throw the ball to, if you don't have anyone to pass block for you, you're not going to be good. And Aaron Rodgers is the prime example of that. He he's the guy that I, you know, that I bring up every time when a quarterback gets paid, you know, he gets paid all this money and everyone's like, "Oh, he's got a big contract." But Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anyone to throw to. He barely even has a running game. He just got a running game last year. And something else that I think kicks in as well is, is when someone gets paid that much money, it adds that element of pressure to everything. Now you got to start winning. Now you got to start doing the, all the stats. Now you got to start winning playoff games. Now you got to start doing stuff to help your teammates. You got to make the community proud. There's all these things that go on top of each other of a big contract. It's not you just get a big contract, now you're held to the same, the same standards that you were in your rookie contract. That's not how it works. With money comes pressure, and, and, and that's the same thing for any job. So you go to a job, there's a guy that makes 12 bucks an hour. You know, maybe he doesn't have the same skills, he doesn't have the same knowledge, whatever the case may be, he's getting 12 bucks an hour. Now you get a raise to 16 or $17 an hour. Now your responsibilities go up. Now your trust goes up. Now the pressure of you being able to do your job goes up. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing in the sports world. Mahomes and his rookie contract, I'm not sure what the number was, but it, maybe it was like 4 million and 5 million a year. Now he's getting paid $40 million a year if Patrick Mahomes does anything wrong, if he misses the playoffs, if he doesn't win an MVP, if he doesn't win a lot of games, there's going to be a lot of people that look back on this contract and say, what a mistake. 
What a mistake it was. I don't think it's going to be a mistake personally, but it would not completely shock me if we did start seeing a decline in Mahomes because the money gets to you. And there's been athletes in the past who say, yeah, you know, the money, it, it puts more pressure on you. Michael Vick was just saying, it does put a lot of pressure on you, you know, and, you know, because the owner's expectations rise, the coach's expectations rise, the fans, especially the fans, their expectations rise. Everybody holds you to a higher standard just because you're getting paid more. And Mahomes is going to be the same exact thing. There's only been four or five quarterbacks that have won an MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and won the Super Bowl all in a two-year span. And I believe that was, I think Terry Bradshaw was one of them. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't think of the names, but they're all Hall of Fame quarterbacks, all of them. And then you get Mahomes. Peyton wasn't one of them. Brady wasn't one of them. Breeze hasn't been one of them. All the guys that are, are the top tier talent in the league, no one has done it. Mahomes is the only active player to have won an MVP, win a Super Bowl, and win Super Bowl MVP in a two-year span. He's the only one to do it in today's NFL. So yes, he is a special, special talent. Now you throw him in that name, you throw Mahomes in with all those Hall of Fame quarterbacks, now we're going to hold him to a Hall of Fame standard. Whereas two years ago, we are like, we have no idea what this Mahomes kid is going to be. If he throws for 25 touchdowns, 3,500 yards, you know, that's decent. That's good for a second-year quarterback. Now he's thrown for 50 touchdowns. Now he's winning MVPs. He's winning Super Bowls. Now we got to hold him to a higher standard. And now if he doesn't get to that standard, it's like, okay, what, what's going on now? The amount of times that I heard throughout, the, throughout my life where Peyton Manning had an off game, he had an off season. Oh, Peyton Manning only threw for 29 touchdowns. What, what's going on? 29 touchdowns is a pretty dang good year. It's a good year. But because it's Peyton Manning, you know, we're used to seeing him throw for 35 a year, 33 a year. Now he's throwing for 28, 29. It's like, okay, what, what's going on here? What, what's wrong? Same thing with Tom Brady and the Patriots. We're used to seeing them winning 12, 13, 14 games a season. When they win 10, 11 games, it's like, oh, well, what's going on? What's wrong? Because we hold people to higher standards once they achieve greatness. And that's the same thing that everybody is going to do for Patrick Mahomes. It's getting 45 million a year, actually. 10 years, 450. Getting paid $45 million a year. Everyone is going to lift their expectations so high that when Patrick Mahomes doesn't reach that, everyone's going to think something's wrong. Everyone's going to think he's not as good as he once was. With money comes pressure. And that is for every aspect of life. Any job that you've ever worked in, you know, the more you get paid, the more you have to do. Because you have earned that. And Patrick Mahomes earned this contract. I just don't like how much it is just because he's not going to be able to keep everybody around him. He's not going to be able to keep the weapons. He's not going to be able to keep the defense. Things are going to start to decline, whether we want to say that or not. You know, when, when, I, first, when I first saw the 10-year contract, I said, that's, that's absurd. 
There has only been one other player in NFL history that has signed a 10-year contract, and that was Michael Vick back in 2004 with the Atlanta Falcons. He signed a 10-year, $130 million contract. Mahomes is the only other one. And it's because he's unlike any other player in the league. He, he's hands down, he's the best quarterback in the league. He's probably going to be the best quarterback in the league for the next 10 years. So it was a good move on the Chiefs to lock him up, keep him there, and, and, and see what other successes can come with him. But $45 million a year, that's kind of a lot for a position in the NFL. So speaking of NFL contracts... I am now going to list the top 10 worst contracts in the three major sports. There has been some terrible contracts in sports, but here are the top 10. Number 10, Barry Zito. In 2006, the Giants signed Barry Zito to a seven-year, $126 million contract. He won a Cy Young and had six straight years of 200 innings with the Oakland A's. And when he signed that contract, he may never got 200 innings out of him in seven years. And his career ERA went from 3.83 to 5.15. Wow. He went 63-80 and 80 with the Giants and had a 4.62 ERA in 197 starts for the Giants. Talk about a waste of money. <clears throat> Number nine, Ryan Howard in 2012. The Phillies gave him a five-year, $125 million contract. And between 2012 and 2013, he missed 173 games, led the league in strikeouts with 190. He hit 223 and slugged for 380. And also his defense became a huge problem. Number eight, Bobby Bonilla. It's not a terrible contract for Bobby Bonilla but it's a terrible contract for the Mets. In 2000, the Mets owed him $5.9 million, but his agent worked out a deal where they would defer the payment of $1.19 million with interest. Um, so, so he's owed $1.19 million every year until 2035, and I don't believe he's played since 2004 or 2005. Bobby Bonilla every year gets paid more than Noah Syndergaard and Jacob DeGrom, who I believe get five or 600K. Bobby Bonilla hasn't been in the league for over 15 years, and he's getting paid $1.19 million a year. When it's all said and done, Bonilla will get paid close to $30 million versus the $5.9 million he was owed. Number seven, Michael Vick. In 2011, the Eagles gave Vick a six-year $100 million contract for a guy who was out of the league for a few years. He only lasted three years with Philadelphia, and his numbers dropped off drastically. In 2013, he was on the New York Jets, and then his career was basically over after that. So, waste of a contract right there, waste of money. Man, oh man, but Michael Vick, he got paid. Number six, Colin Kaepernick. In 2014, the 49ers gave him a six-year, $126 million contract. And after that 2012 season, he never did well again. Only played until 2016 and, and hasn't played since. You know, he took the Niners to a Super Bowl. He put them back on the map after years and years of struggles. 
But I mean, his numbers were never fantastic. He ended up opting out of the contract, which I don't know why he would do that if he was getting paid that much money. Um, 126 million over six years. That is absolutely crazy. Number five, Prince Fielder. In 2012, the Tigers gave him a nine-year, $214 million contract. That year, he hit 071 in the World Series, and in the following year, hit 182 in the ALCS. The next year, he was out of Detroit, and his contract actually ends this year. Uh, and he's making $36 million. He hasn't played in four years, and he's making $36 million this year. Wow, that I mean, that's another just terrible, terrible contract. I can't even believe that. You know, it's crazy to me how agents and players can they can work stuff out like this. They can talk teams into doing something like this. And I, you know, some I don't get it. I mean, signing a player for that long. I mean, really, that only ever happens in hockey. It happens more times than not in hockey, where people sign six, seven, eight, nine year contracts, but. To do it in baseball, football, and basketball, I mean, that, that's just, that's really unheard of. Uh, number six, I believe, no, number four, Carl Crawford. In 2010, the Red Sox gave him a seven-year, $142 million contract. He hit 255 in 2011. He hit, or after hitting 307 in 2010, he only had 18 stolen bases in 2011 versus 47 stolen bases in 2010. He would then only play 31 games in 2012. And in 2016 with the Dodgers, he hit 185 in 30 games. So Carl Crawford was one of the best outfielders when he was with the Rays. And then he went to the Red Sox, got paid, and did absolutely terrible. And the Dodgers tried giving him a chance again. It didn't work out. But I mean, he got a lot of money throughout his career. So. Number three, Nicholas Batum. In 2016, he signed a five-year, $120 million deal for the Hornets. And he's never led the league in any stat. He's never been to an all-star game. And he only averages 11.8 points per game and 5.3 rebounds per game. And he's getting paid $24, $25 million a year. And he's not even considered a top 50 player in the league. I mean, I don't know what his agent did to the Hornets GM, but $120 million for a guy that doesn't even average 15 points a game is absolutely absurd. Number two, Jay Cutler. In 2014, the Bears gave him a seven-year, $126 million deal. He only threw for 4,000 yards once and made one Pro Bowl, and that was in 2008 with Denver. You know, he led, he's led the league in interceptions and sacks when he was with Chicago. I mean, there were times where his work ethic was in question. He was a lazy, you know, lazy player, didn't really study the playbook that much. Kind of just went out there and did his own thing. So, seven-year, $126 million deal. That, that's kind of a Chicago Bears thing to do. And the number one worst contract in all of sports, Alex Rodriguez. In 2008, the Yankees gave him a 10-year $275 million deal. And in 2011 and 2012, he only hit 34 home runs. In 2013, he only played 44 games. And then he got hit with the PED suspension. And then in 2016, he hit 265 games. And he never made an all-star game. 
So again, it's crazy, you know, if you do well, you can get rewarded with these big contracts and then people just flop, they just fall apart. And, and, and it's almost, to me, it seems like, you know, once they get paid, they don't work as hard. But you know, I don't think athletes do that I, because everyone starts the game when they're young because they love the game. And then when money gets thrown into it, you know, it's like, okay, well, I've done my thing. You know, I've made, I've made this money. You know, now I'm gonna slack off. I mean, I don't think that's the mentality for all the athletes out there. But it, I wouldn't rule it out. But you know, for Alex Rodriguez, he was just getting old. You know, so I, I can understand that part. Um, Jay Cutler was never really good to begin with, so I don't even understand how he would even get that kind of money. Nicholas Batum, I. I don't even have words for that one. I mean, five years, $120 million for the Hornets. What? That, that That's ridiculous. I don't even have words for that. Wow. $120 million deal. Right. For never having an all-star appearance, for never leading the league in any statistical category at all. I don't even think he's ever been in the playoffs. So easily probably the worst contract in the NBA right now. But again, it's it, it's interesting and it's crazy to see how agents and players can can not necessarily take advantage of franchises, but just completely screw them over altogether. It's pretty crazy to see. Now we're gonna do on this day in sports to wrap up the show. So on this day in 1900, Boston Bean Eaters pitcher Kid Nichols earned his 300th career MLB win. In 1912, Jim Thorpe won four out of five events to win the Pentathlon gold medal. In 1948, the Cleveland Indians signed 42-year-old Satchel Paige from the Negro Leagues. And if you have not read about Satchel Paige, I would suggest you do. That guy was in the Negro Leagues for 20 years. He was one of the fastest pitchers in the Negro Leagues. I mean, back then they didn't have the technology to clock people, to clock pitches. But there have been stories saying that he could throw 105 miles an hour. Uh, so he, he was he was a special special pitcher, and he wasn't very big. You know, he was tall and lanky, but he wasn't ever really you know muscular. But you know, we see pitchers in the in the major leagues today. You know, the guys who can throw hard, they're not big and muscular either. But Satchel Paige was just a different level. In 1971, the MLB commissioner Bowie Kuhn announced Negro League players elected to the Hall of Fame will be given full membership in the Baseball Hall of Fame Museum. And in 2006, Travis Hafner became the first player to hit five grand slams before the All-Star break. That is absolutely incredible. So that's it for today's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. And it's an absolute gorgeous day out here in St. George. I mean, it's 103, but I'm in the shade, so I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling great. No clouds in the sky. Maybe I'll go out and tan for a little bit. Maybe we'll do that. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Have a great day. Aloha.